0: Prepare for launch launch the inertia force daily fantasy sports podcast starts now with your host Medier. Yo, 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 what's going on force listeners? Thank you so much for joining me today It is a beautiful day to talk some NBA, and I'm going to go through every single relevant off-season trade that happened. And by relevant, I mean players that are able to put people in seats in a building. Uh, Not players like, I don't know, sorry for this guy, but David Nawaba going to the Nets, stuff like that. Nobody cares, no one's going to notice. Good for you, man. We are definitely going to talk about more relevant stuff. And I'm going to start with a hot topic because I disagree with so many damn people. And I'm just sick of the shit. And I'm sick of just hearing, oh, these dudes are going to win it all. I'm going to make this very damn clear for every Laker fan out there. There is no championship coming there. I'm sorry. And we'll start with it. Look, everyone talks this big game about... Oh, he's got Anthony Davis now. They're the best two duos in the game. Listen, is there a reason nobody has ever even mentioned this year the fact that LeBron is literally surrounded by glass? He's got DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis, two of the most unreliable specimens in the entire NBA in terms of their health. They're always injured. They're always in the locker room. There's always something going on. I, for one, believe there is no chance in hell Anthony Davis stays healthy this whole season. And that is the reason I believe they are not going to win anything. If someone told me, hey, the Lakers have a staff, like the Raptors, like the Clippers, where they can properly identify load management, they can properly identify a nagging injury that could become something more serious, by all means I'd have some faith. We're talking about an organization here who brought in Dwayne The Rock Johnson for a fake story to give people motivation Are you shitting me? No You have Palenka there who was a joke of a human being And you have Magic Johnson, who is still poking his head around. I don't know for what fucking reason, but he is. And that organization is still a gong show to me. Yes, LeBron James is good. He is a great player. Is he the best player the NBA has ever seen? No. But that's for another pod. But what I will say is this. He is getting older. He needs help. He needs healthy bodies. And he can definitely win a ring. He can definitely take this Lakers team to the finals with a healthy squad. Now, what I will give the Lakers props for is, despite losing Kawhi Leonard, they were able to bring in Danny Green. They were able to bring in Avery Bradley. Two guys that are really good um, perimeter defenders. So I think that's a good thing. I don't understand the Jared Dudley signing. Um how does this guy who doesn't who clearly doesn't go to the gym clearly doesn't follow any type of diet and clearly doesn't care about his physical health have a job every year that's beyond me but he's on the Lakers who freaking knows um they also brought in Quinn Cook obviously a young gun confident shooter he's he's been there with the golden state warriors regardless of the fact if he was relevant uh, he's been there he's done it so that's good um th- the wild card here is demarcus cousins listen if anthony davis gets injured but demarcus cousins is back to his old self this year they're probably still going to go to the finals um let's just not let's just not you know forget that that this demarcus cousins Is a very motivated DeMarcus Cousins. And if he does show up this year to his old self, they're basically going to be a powerhouse again if they stay healthy. Now, looking at the Clippers, this is for me the team to beat. I want everybody to think for a second, when is the last time two players... Who was dominant on both sides of the floor, defensively and offensively. Who led the league every year, top 10 in all categories in scoring, defense, you name it. You know what two names come up to me? Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. I'm not comparing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to two of the greatest of all time. But what I will say is they're literally cooking the same recipe. And with the same recipe could come the same result. They have an opportunity now in the primes of their career to absolutely decimate this league now. Who the shit is going to stop this team, right? And it's not like they don't have pieces. Hell, they didn't have Paul George or Kawhi Leonard last year, and they still took two games from the Golden State Warriors that had Durant. And that team is a billion times better than what LeBron has around him right now. Now, all they lost was Gallinari. That's like the only relevant guy. And they added Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. What? Guys, stop talking about any other team. This is the team. No one's going to beat them in a game in a best of seven. It's going to take an injury to have these guys lose. And even with an injury, this team can still go to the finals with just one of them. They have Peverly, who's a dog. They have uh, uh, Montrez Harrell, who's also a dog. Young, nice up-and-coming player who doesn't shy away from getting rebounds and getting in with the best of them. And then you have, you know, Lou Williams there, who who's competent being six-man-of-the-year every year. So whatever, he's there in the bench just, you know, doing his thing, just shooting threes and and, and whatnot. So it's just funny to me that all these people, including Vegas, have the Lakers as favorites to win it. And for me, there's just no damn comparison because health is going to be a factor. And people can say, hey, well, Manny, um, you know, what about Kawhi? He's, he's he's always out. He's always healthy. He only played 70 games last year. Yeah, well, here's the difference, guys. Kawhi knows his body, and the Raptors knew his body, and those 70 games he played were clearly planned. They were predetermined. They knew exactly how much he was going to play, and you could tell that if he didn't do that load management in the playoffs this year... I don't even know if the Raptors would have won the finals. I actually don't know. He looked pretty rough towards the end of the finals. If anybody noticed, uh, when they won the championship, he could barely walk out of the press conference on his own. Like, I'm telling you, it took a toll on his body. And he's just one of those guys that he definitely needs the recovery time. And this maybe should be something the Lakers could be looking at you know maybe give Anthony Davis every third game off or something I know it sucks for the fans but at the end of the day this is a business right and these teams their end goal isn't just playoffs it's to get that fucking ring clear as day that's the only thing that matters so if it means losing and pissing off you know a couple thousand people because the star wasn't playing who cares Right At the end of the day, they're still going to show up to the game. They're still going to buy that ticket. And if you win that damn ring, they're sure as hell coming back next year. So I think in terms of a recipe, the Lakers need to follow what the Raptors did in terms of how they're going to deal with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. And same goes for the Lakers. But I think the Lakers are a much more competent organization. They're very professional, filled with a lot of bright minds, a lot of smart people. So I do think their chances of managing their players properly much, much further outperform the chances of what the Lakers are going to do this year. Because I, quite frankly, have zero confidence in any management the Lakers organization has. Now, looking at another trade here, Jimmy Butler, man. Damn, I really wish he either would have stayed with the, the, the Sixers or, you know, maybe, maybe Westbrook joined him. And I'm going to touch on why I think Westbrook should have gone to Miami. Um, I know they tried it, and I know they're saying it's a little bit difficult, clearly. But here's the thing, man. Miami Heat, they're they're a class organization right they have a coach in spolstra who who has the experience to coach you know superstar talent right he had the big three there and you could just tell the whole time those players were there and you never really felt like it was coach lebron or coach wade or coach bosh it was it was it was coach bolster man and you don't see that with LeBron when he went back to the Cavaliers. Tyrone Lou, I don't think, has coached a day in his life till this day. And I'm sorry, Lou, if you ever listen to this freaking podcast, but it's the truth. I could have literally done what he did while LeBron was there. I could have doodled a couple things on a board and won that damn ring. So what I'm saying is is it's really unfortunate that Jimmy Butler's is going to retire Miami Heat he's already stated before he doesn't really plan on playing past 34 years of age or, or 32 whatever it was so this contract is definitely his last contract he's definitely not winning jack shit um, with the team that he has uh, you know they don't have Hassan Weisside anymore they don't have Josh Richardson anymore Dwayne Wade's retired and it's it's just yes Jimmy you have your team You have the team that you said you would never wear a jersey for. How do you feel now? Um, So its I think it was totally a destination thing. He wanted to be south in the heat, in the beach life, and, and just that Miami life, that vibe, that Latino vibe, and I think that's just what he wanted. He made up his mind, I think, well before he ever went to the Miami Heat, and he even blocked all other teams from interviewing him. So if that doesn't say he made up his mind... I don't know what does. Now, the problem with this is Jimmy Butler, we know he's got, you know, he's got issues, clearly. The dude uh dude the, the dude doesn't interact well with very many people. Do I think he can take this team to the playoffs? Absolutely. I I really do. And by the way, Tyler Hero for the Miami Heat was one hell of a draft pick. If anybody's been watching that kid um, in his scrimmages and, and summer league, he's a stud, man. Like, he's a freaking stud. So, I'm, I'm actually really excited to see if they're going to give him a lot of playing time. Uh, he's a really, really good player. So, I'm excited for that. So, back to the Westbrook thing. And I'm going to smash Mike D'Antoni here because oh. He's just—he's bad, guys. He's just a horrible coach. And any Houston fan, I feel for you. Here's the problem. Westbrook needed a teammate like Jimmy Butler. He needed a coach like Spolstra. He needed an organization like the Miami Heat. Why? Because they know what it is to win. They also know what it is to not take bullshit from anybody. They're going to make you play defense. They're going to make you listen. They're going to make you do what they want you to do. They don't got time for your attitude. And that's why it's a good fit for Jimmy. Jimmy's going to like that. Jimmy's going to like that there's an organization that takes it to him. In Philly, I don't think it would have mattered if he shot the ball or didn't. They would have been like, good job, Jimmy. Good job. Good job out there. You did a great job. That's not. That's not what you're supposed to do, and that's why it's so crappy for Westbrook. Now he's in a team in Houston, where Harding sure as shit isn't gonna tell him to do anything, because number one they're friends. You know they've played together already. Harden has this misconception, um, you know. Oh yeah, uh, you uh, you put two good players together on the floor. Um, you know, the only thing that are gonna happen is, is is good things. Good things are gonna come out of it. Harding, what the fuck are you on, man? Dude, what do you mean? Good things are gonna happen. You had Chris Paul a better shooter than 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 Westbrook was. Not as explosive, but way better court IQ. What the hell did you do with that? Oh yeah. I'm going to play 99.9% possession iso ball. How did that go? Right? And it goes on. Because you look at Mike D'Antoni, who, by the way, I literally almost puked in my mouth when I saw he requested an extension. What? Is this guy mental? Is 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 there something that he is smoking? that is giving him the mindset to truly believe he deserved an extension? Mr. D'Antoni, I I don't know if you remember this, because clearly he doesn't. You take this team to the brink of the finals the year before, with Chris Paul and Durant on the Golden State Warriors, and you have the excuse, the lifeline. All right, the lifeline that Chris Paul got injured—that's why he lost the series. Which, by the way, if Chris Paul wasn't injured, I still don't think the Warriors lose, man. Everyone says Durant's the best player on the planet. You better fucking believe he was gonna show up. So let's not get that all sket. Like, let's just not forget that. People say, oh, they would have gone to the finals. No, 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 just no. The Warriors would have found a way. I don't care what people say. But looking at last year, all right, so now you have the Houston Rockets and the fans on your side saying you would have went to the finals, right? So now you get a second chance. Durant's injured. You have a full power team. Chris Paul is healthy. And you lose at home and lose again the next game and you're done. So, what's the freaking problem here? Oh, I know. Mike D'Antoni didn't even have a game plan. What does he say to his players? Shoot the ball. Shoot the ball. Shoot the ball. Shoot the ball. Hey. Hey, shoot the ball. That's it. That's all he does. He doesn't care about perimeter defense. He doesn't care about protecting the paint. He doesn't care about rebounds doesn't care about pick and rolls. He doesn't care about anything. The only thing he cares about is give the ball to Harding. We'll figure it out. And he asked for an extension? For what? For failure? No. No, 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 no. So now here I go back to Westbrook. Now he's going to play for a coach. He's going to go play for a team that fully depends on the three ball. The three-ball guys. And what does Westbrook, bless his soul, absolutely suck at? And this is my favorite player, by the way. So I'm not being biased here. What does he suck at? What What was his best shooting percentage in his entire career? It was 37% from three-point land. Look, that is, that is, that's bad. That's a nightmare. Because he is not a shooter. He thinks he is, but he's not. And the biggest problem he had in OKC is he had another terrible coach there. This is the reason Ibaka, Durant, Harding, Oladipo, Sabonis, Cantor, all these players never work and they end up leaving OKC. Because Billy Donovan is a freaking, I don't even know how it's possible, but he's a worse version of Dantoni, right? He doesn't teach his players jack shit. And now Westbrook is in Houston, right? And he's going to go play for a coach that's going to say, Russ, if you're open, take the shot. Oh, my God. You know how bad that's going to be? Because now he's not going to have the balls to go to Harding and say, hey, man, look, I know you've been handling the ball. and You're used to coming in in transition with the ball in your hands. But you're going to need to let Westbrook start the transition and you're going to need to get open for a jump shot. What? That He will never say that. So now what's going to happen is Westbrook is going to play off ball. Oh my god. You imagine Westbrook Westbrook pretending to be freaking Klay Thompson or Steph Curry. Yeah. It's just... It's just a horrible situation. And I feel bad for Westbrook because he really needed to go to Miami in order to flourish and have a chance at a championship because he would have been in the East. Uh, and he definitely, I think, would have had the chance to go to the finals there uh, with with Butler, a guy that would have pushed him. But now being in Houston, uh, they're doomed, man. They're freaking doomed. They're going to make playoffs and, and whatever but the moment they face anybody with any sort of skill, okay? Like you imagine the destruction that that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George would do to these two kids or these two grown men. It, 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 they would have the two worst shooting career nights of their entire life. So, and we already know what Kawhi's done to Harding. People forget that. Harding hasn't faced Kawhi in a couple years now, but Kawhi, in the playoffs when he was with the Spurs, he made Harding look I don't know, like a college dropout he just didn't do nothing so, add the fact that Westbrook and Harding don't know how to play defense add the fact that D'Antoni hates playing defense, he thinks he can shoot his way out of everything because he thinks he has Klay Thompson, Steph Curry and he thinks he has Durant on his team He fully believes his coaching is is a winning formula. And he even said that last week. He said he doesn't plan on changing his offense much because it works. Are you shitting me? What has worked? You've lost twice to the same team the second time without Durant. No, your offense doesn't work. But that's enough time on that because I could literally talk all day about the disaster of a trade that has been Um, Let's look at another trade here. It's actually interesting. Um, We're going to tie in the Kyrie Irving with Kemba Walker. And I'm going to start with Kyrie Irving here. I find it funny that Kyrie Irving the year before said he plans on having his rafters, his name being pulled up in the rafters and retire a a Boston Celtic. (laughs) Now, here we are, forward a year later, frustrated with his teammates, frustrated with the inability to push in the playoffs, and frustrated with the fact that whether he likes it or not, they played a hell of a lot better without him. And I think that's what really irked him the most, which is... (coughs) Sorry. Which is... I think the biggest or one of the biggest reasons he left, he wasn't getting along with anybody because I think they all truly truly believed that they didn't need him. You know, Tatum and uh Smart and all these other guys, the, these young guys, they 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 felt how much better they were was or they were with Rozier playing point when he was injured. So now he's In Brooklyn, right? And Brooklyn... Oh, man. I get... I get it. I get it. This is a win for Brooklyn. It's a knockout punch to the Knicks. The thing is, with the Knicks, you're allowed to have failure. They have suffered for so many years now that anything even close to making the playoffs would have been okay now when you look at the Nets you already made playoffs with D'Angelo Russell you had good pieces and now you lose D'Lo you lose Damari Carroll Ed Davis, Alan Crabb Rondé Hollis-Jefferson Napier, Graham right they brought in deandre jordan which is a sh- who who is a shade of himself by the way right wilson chandler who i don't know man he's just not good but he plays 42 minutes a game Touring prince i like this i like Touring prince i'm not going to lie he's a great player i'm disappointed the hawks let go of him he's going to be a presence off the bench I highly doubt he starts, but with with these enormous roster changes, right? Especially like I think the big one here is Hollis Jefferson, Damari Carroll, Ed Davis, even Jared Dudley. Even though I hate the guy, he did a lot with with the Nets. Is their their defensive presence has definitely gone down a few notches, and. You get rid of D'Angelo Russell, who was almost creating a culture with the Nets. You know, everybody would have the ice in their veins posters and people were really endearing themselves to D'Angelo Russell. Now you bring in this fucking dickhead, Kyrie Irving, who thinks he's Allen Iverson and, uh, you know, same character, very similar characters. Um, The only difference is Iverson never won a ring. But I also believe Kyrie Irving would have never won a ring unless he had a LeBron-type player beside him. So, really, they're almost the same player. With that being said, Durant isn't there for the whole year. And anything short, anything short of at least making it to uh, the second round, right?, would be considered a failure and it's a lot of pressure man Mm -hmm. like when you really think about it D'Angelo Russell kind of left a stamp there Um, they had it working right and he started to understand the game I'm not saying D'Lo is better than Kyrie don't even think that for a damn second Kyrie is probably the most skilled guard in the entire league in terms of his ball handling ability. Ball handling. Just just the ball handling. Not not anything else. Just the ball handling. He is probably the best ball handler in the NBA. Um But the thing is, Kyrie is a bit of a ball hog. He doesn't trust his players. He doesn't want them to, you know, shoot at will. He's gonna try and do it himself, and I think that's gonna pose a problem. Now, Durant is there physically still. I do think he's going to maybe change Kyrie a bit in his game and his approach because Kyrie doesn't really listen to anybody unless they're on his level. And Durant far exceeds any level he's ever spoken to other than LeBron. So I do think that they can definitely mesh well. Also, Durant, he needs to come back at least 75% of what he was in order for them to make the finals. If he's anything less than that, um, 70 or 65%, they're not going to do nothing. We all know the injury that he's going through right now. No one's ever come back 100%. It's a brutal, 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 brutal rehab and it's going to take him a while. And especially for Durant, he's such a, I don't know. He, he almost seems like he's weak-minded. Everything affects him. Um, just literally, like, anything, man. Anything, anything gets to him. And, and it's just, I think he's going to struggle really getting back to 100%. I really do. Um, but, yeah. Looking at the Celtics... This is a desperation move. You add in Kemba Walker to an organization who has a very specific play style. I think it's going to benefit Kemba a lot. I also think he's finally in an organization that knows what winning is. They have proper coaching. They have the right mindset. And he's surrounded by young players that are really not that young. They're fairly experienced already because of the run they had at the beginning without Kyrie. I think Kemba does have a chance to do something special here. I really don't wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the conference finals versus either Philly or the Pacers or the Bucks, which I'll get to that. Um It's gonna be very interesting, and they didn't really lose like I guess significant pieces other than Kyrie, and they got a replacement for him, not the same caliber as Kyrie, but Kemba is definitely a more team player than Kyrie was, and that's what they needed, right? So essentially, they got a juiced version of Terry Rozier with a better jump shot, if that makes any sense. Then they brought in Ennis Cantor, who keeps playing for cheap. I don't understand why. But, anyways, he's a really good sign in or, or, or sign. But they lost Rozier, Al Horford, Marcus Morris, and Aaron Baines. Al Horford's getting old. He needed a ton of money to be retained. Boston wasn't interested, Philly was, because they Philly feels they're ready to go to finals now. Um, that ain't gonna happen unless Ben Simmons actually gets his jump shot to work. I know there's those videos of him shooting and blah 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 blah, but you're doing it in, in a recreational facility with no crowd, no lights, no camera, no coach, no nothing. And until you can play like that with all those things on, I'm not convinced with Ben Simmons. And in terms of Marcus Morris and Aaron Baines, well, they were disposable because you have Jason Tatum there. And you have a couple other uh, big guys there. What's his name? Williams, he's really good. He should definitely be playing more. Um, But yeah, so I'm actually excited to see Boston. I think they'd grade really well with what they did. Um, Looking at another team here, The Pacers man they didn't do much But what they did do Is add Brogdon which I think Is is, oh it's gonna Create such a Domino effect For the Bucks You look at the Bucks right And (laughs) What the shit were they Thinking You have a first time all star Right You have a guy named Malcolm Brogdon Who was the backbone of your team. He was the Kyle Lowry. He was the dog. Did everything defensively. Left it all out there. Now, you let him go to the Pacers. You pay Middleton $167 million that are fully undeserved. Right? Never been to finals. He's never been able to carry a workload at an elite level. He's only an all-star for the simple fact that it was basically defaulted to him and on top of that he's very unproven they didn't take a stance because they know Milwaukee is an abysmal place to play in they're not relevant and the only reason they became relevant was because of Giannis the problem is is Giannis isn't gonna stay he's gonna realize shit We don't have Brogdon. We're worse this year. Middleton makes a ton of money. We can't afford anybody. Right? They're going to become the Washington Wizards, man. Right? Two highly paid players with the inability to do anything. So, it's a pathetic mistake by ownership. It's a desperation move to say we want to keep the core together. But the core is not that good because you got rid of Brogdon. And why they didn't see it, I don't know. But in terms of how that possibly eff- or affects the Indiana Pacers, man, the Pacers just became the second best team in the East. Do people know they also added TJ Warren and Jeremy Lamb? Those are some studs, man. TJ Warren, yes, I understand. He played with the Suns. But just because he played with the Suns didn't make him a shitty player. He was a very good player for them. He's a very confident shooter. He does it all. He's, he's, uh, who do I want to compare him to? He's all like, uh, what's his name? He's like, uh, Tobias Harris. There. Couldn't get it out. He's very similar to his game style. And I actually wouldn't rate them that far from one another. Except for the fact that Tobias got an also a uh, what the fuck a crazy amount of money that I just can't believe that dude is making more money than pretty much every player in the NBA. Another desperation move that worked in his benefit. He's a good player, he did, but he does not deserve that money. But again, that's for another podcast. And they have Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy Lamb, literally all he needed was to play out of Kemba's shadow. Charlotte was dumb enough to let him go, knowing Kemba was leaving. Which, by the way, is such a mistake by management, because if you weren't prepared to offer Kemba 200 million fucking dollars, why on earth would you wait and hope to re-sign him? Why? Because he said he's willing to take less money to become a contender. You really took that bait. Good job. Good job. Good job, Charlotte Hornets. This for you. Good job. Come on, man. Got to have more managing than that. But yeah, back to the Pacers. Amazing, 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 amazing moves. I can't. I can't talk about it more. That I already have. They are the second best team in the East. And if Oladipo is back to being 100%, Philadelphia is honestly in major trouble. Right? Think about the matchups here, right? Brogdon is an incredible defender. TJ Warren is a good defender. Oladipo is a good defender. Miles Turner led the league in blocks, friends. So. From top to bottom, they match everybody well, right? The only mismatch, Ben Simmons. And what happens? He can't shoot yet, and he's got to prove it. If he can prove it, they're going to the finals, and whoever they're facing, they're probably going to beat because he is, he is that much of a pendulum swing for the Sixers, okay? And they would have easily won it this year if he had been able to do that, but they didn't. Looking at a couple other teams here, I want to talk a little bit about Utah. Um, what they did with Memphis, I think it's a good move for them, but I'm not entirely sold. Just because, like, I get my like Mike Connolly is a like he's an All Star, right? Like he's 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 a very good point guard in the league, but. I just don't know, man. It's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out, really. Because they did add, you know, some talent around him. It wasn't just Mike Connolly, they got Bojan Bogdanovich, they got Ed Davis, they got Jeff Green. So I guess once I you know once I really think about it, they do have a good team. They can finish third in the West. We know the number one and two spot If, quote-unquote, stay healthy, will be the Clippers and the Lakers. And that is a wrap. But the Utah Jazz have an opportunity here to fight for the third spot with Golden State. And I know you guys are thinking Golden State over Houston, Portland. I'm going to get to Golden State in a second here, guys. Don't worry. I have my argument for that. And I will make it very clear. But looking at Utah, now they brought in some shooters, they got in a good bench rebounder. Jeff Green, he's he's the experience. And Mike Connolly, he's just calm and collected. So yeah, you know what? I'll give him good a good grade. Like I give him props for making pretty pretty decent decisions. Mind you, they lost Derek Favors. Um, I wish they were, would have been able to keep him. I th- I thought he was a really important part, but uh, well, he's not there. He's in the Pelicans now. But let me run this back with what I just said about the Warriors. Look, man, the Warriors were good before the Snake Durant went and went went to go chase the ring. Okay, they had already gone to the finals. They already had equal the. E- equaled the Bulls win total with Harrison fucking Barnes, okay? Like, have you seen Harrison Barnes play? He's brutal. He's he's really brutal. He's a good defender, but he's brutal. Um, and they did it. So now you lose Durant, which, which you're used to playing without anyways. Um, they've done it before. They'll do it again. You have an imprime Curry. You're going to have an insanely motivated Klay Thompson, which, by the way, is my pick for coming back the closest to 100% from a serious injury. If there's a guy that's going to come back almost 100% from the get-go, it's going to be Klay. And then you still have Draymond Green. You lose DeMarcus Cousins, who was... Wasn't working in that system anyways, and we all knew it wasn't going to work the cornerstone. There is Looney Looney will become a very great player for them But then you add a third potential splash brother right you got Dillo What did he do in the Nets? And this is such an underrated trade that people aren't paying attention to what did he do in the Nets? He shot the ball From the three-point at clutch times. He's not going to take that away from Curry. I know that. But what I'm saying is the man can ball. And the man's game perfectly fits the Golden State Warriors game. He loves to shoot the transition three. He likes the ball handle. Make his teammates open. Which is something Curry, I think, would enjoy. I think Curry would enjoy not having to drive the ball. And do a floating layup or have to kick it out or try to get open because here's the thing NBA players know you got to respect this guy man he's skillful he's skillful simple as that he he is a good enough player to draw the double team right which is a scary thought because you have clay because you have curry and you have Draymond right and if they don't double team him the majority of the time he's going to win that one-on-one because he's so quick. So I just don't see how they're going to really be that bad without Clay Thompson, because he's going to take Clay Thompson's role for the time being. But when he comes back, he doesn't have to get traded. Are you kidding me? They can easily have Clay, uh, Curry, D'Lo, Draymond Green and Looney out there, right? Basically juggle Clay and D'Angelo Russell between the two and three spot, or even juggle Curry between the one and three, right? It's it, it's not not plausible is what I'm saying. And I think they're gonna see very quickly how good D'Angelo Russell is once he's there. Um, once he's there, training and, and playing in the games, they're gonna realize, man, this, this kid's he's really good, and 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 he got rewarded with the contract that he got, you know, well deserved, and honestly, really well priced. It's a hell of a deal for both sides, and uh, I just don't see them using him as a trading chip right from the get go when Clay comes back. I think they're gonna really try and make it work, and I think this is gonna be the number three seed, no question. Possibly the second seed, because like I said, the, the, the Lakers are such a, a question mark to me that I don't know what's going to happen, right? But the West is going to be a death match. You have the Nuggets there. If Michael Porter Jr. is ever healthy, man, another amazing team there, right? You have the Blazers, you have Utah, you have the Rockets. It's just, man... You, you, I, you could be the 8th seed and you can be the 1st seed within, I think, 4 or 5 losses. I think that's how it's going to play out that season. A um, couple more things I want to talk about. I want to talk about Whiteside and how significant that is for the Blazers. Um, they lost Cantor, but I think it was a blessing in disguise. I don't think they would have ever gone for Whiteside if, ha- if Cantor had not left. Um, and Whiteside is definitely an upgrade he's more active he's much better defensively he's better kind of every way than Cantor is in my opinion and I think he's gonna do a lot for them for this for this squad Uh, whether he will battle for the starting position probably not it really depends how healthy Nurkic is but he definitely has the ability to beat the starter So I'm excited, man. Just want to throw that in for the Blazers. Uh, Good for Damian Lillard. It's nice, Litter Damian Lillard. It's nice that uh, he, you know, actually got a little bit more talent around him, and uh, maybe maybe they can shock us all and make it to the conference finals. Who knows? But uh, yeah, last thing I'm going to talk about. Philadelphia, man. Ooh. The season hasn't even started And it already feels like it's a ride or die Situation for them I'm going to read something to you And then I want you to add it up in your head Because This is literally (laughs) What they have invested In four players Okay, They have Tobias Harris Five years, one hundred and eighty million dollars. Right. Then they have Ben Simmons, one hundred and seventy-eight point one million dollars, six years. Then they have Joel Embiid, one hundred twenty-two point two million, four years. Right. And then you have Al Horford, who is thirty-three years of age. Yes, thirty-three, four years. A hundred and nine million. That is five hundred and eighty nine point three million dollars tied up in an average of five years. Whoa. Whoa. That's intense. That is a lot of money. That is over half a billion dollars in four players, two of which aren't that good. Tobias Harris is not a $180 million caliber player. He should be making what D'Angelo Russell's making, which is I think $111 million or whatever. And they should have let him go in terms of the future because the future isn't now. I know they're saying, you know, Philly, they're, they're, they're the favorites to go to the finals. No, it, I get it. You should be the favorites and maybe you will get there. But you're going to get your face smashed in by either LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard. Because Ben Simmons can't shoot yet. And until he can shoot, it's going to work. Ben Simmons also does not have any chemistry with Joel Embiid. And now you've added Al Al Horford, right? Who you're going to pay until he's 37 years of age he's gonna be useless by 35 and you're still gonna owe him 50-plus million dollars I don't get that one but they got him why because the Philadelphia 76ers believe their time is now well if your time is now to get to the finals go ahead but the closest thing they're gonna to have to a freaking ring is an onion ring from Dairy Queen and and, and, and And it might sound like I'm being a dick about it. But I'm just giving any Phillies fan the honest truth. Right? You're not going to beat anybody from the West that comes out of there. Because they're just better. That's it. They're just better. That's it. And if the Pacers add one more sharp shooter or say they make a trade before the deadline... That some somebody they don't like or 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 they see somebody available, rip Philly, then you're really fucked. So I just think it's crazy. That amount of money is tied up in four players, and you have that amount of expectation without being realistic to yourself as a management to say, look, guys, Ben Simmons is still developing. Al Horford only has two years left realistically. And Joel Embiid is still figuring it out with Ben Simmons. Like, Joel Embiid, can he hit the gym, please? Please? The dude isn't in shape. Like, you know, there's another problem, right? And it just, the list goes on. They kept the same coach, a coach that, you know, tries to have a good relationship with players on and off the court, but then in terms of coaching, he's he's abysmal, he's brutal, which I bet you is part of the reason Jimmy Butler left. He doesn't like playing for incompetent people. So, everything's just this domino effect. And it sucks for Phillies fans because there's this amount of money tied up. And I just don't think it's going to benefit them whatsoever. And there's going to be some serious damage with this down the road. So, there we go, guys. We did it. I know it was a long podcast. (laughs) If you made it to the end, bless your soul. Thank you so much, so, so much for listening. Um, check out the website, inertiaforcesports.com sportscom Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on, uh, you know, all my other social media tabs that you can find on my site. Uh, and, yeah, thank you so much. And hopefully we kick some ass today in baseball. Yesterday was really good on DK. I'm hoping to keep that going tonight. And I will talk to you later. See ya in Sports Beauty. Peace!